0: for our next episode covering the directing career of martial arts superstar David Chiang, turn director. He furthers his working relationship with Bill Tong and gets the superstars of the day to act in uh, his attempt at being a rooted filmmaker, gloomy rooted filmmaker. A filmmaker not afraid to be Pleasant in some during some years, as this series has shown, and then later nihilistic to a degree uh, by the time uh, you know the next movie comes around. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna and with me is Tom KW, and this is the director series 18 on David Chang's Will of Iron. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So welcome back listeners, we're at the home stretch, we're almost done with David Chang, the director, and it's sporadic series, but a good series, and a nuanced series nonetheless, and uh, welcome back, Tom K.W. to TDS, we, ha- we haven't done anything with this show, but I welcome you back nonetheless.
1: Here I am, rocking, rocking like a hurricane, hello, Kenneth, I miss you, how you been man? Was that song like buried somewhere, like 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 an unlicensed
0: uh, version of the Scorpion song in one of these movies? Like, was it wasn't. Like a- no,
1: it wasn't actually a sly reference. No, it was a bit random. Sorry about that. I may have come with something there, but I have got a music point for you, though, Ken, that you'll be interested in. I'm going to bring it up later. Are you you waiting for that bad boy? I know it's going to happen. I was thinking like if I
0: missed the scene where Bill Tung like rocking out the Scorpions and He was
1: rocking like a hurricane, yeah, yeah. At one point with it's his quite-
0: little, uh, his uh, drums, drum sort of uh, st- strap set. You you dub that the traditional singing with here I <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's all, it's all good, buddy. And, uh, looking forward to finish off the series in these, uh, two episodes, two last episodes. Uh, this is the next last that you'll be hearing two weeks in a row, listeners. And, uh, at the end of episode 19, we have a new announcement of uh, what director, the director series will cover next. So we'll, uh, it's not the end of it or anything. But, uh, I think, uh, I think you're gonna like it, listeners. But for now, we're still, uh, we're still at the tail end of uh, David Chang's uh, directing career. Remember, kids, he was not just a martial arts superstar in those Chang Chien movies with Tik Long and uh, Chen Tai. He eventually turned into a director, so. Uh We'll continue that coverage uh, right now, but uh, first of all, some quick contact information. This is the director series on the Podcast on Fire network. We are on podcastonfire.com, along with all the other choices you have, uh, with our discussions on Hong Kong cinema, Japanese cinema, Korean cinema, Sleet cinema, and Ninja cinema, and even bonus episodes. If you have any questions or feedback, email us at the following mail address. Email address, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. And if you follow the handy buttons at the top of our website, uh, that will lead you to our Facebook presence. That will also, in turn, lead you to our Facebook discussion group. So welcome in and join the chat. You can also uh, join us over at Twitter. And uh, one of the buttons also leads you to our iTunes feed. So subscribe, rate, and even leave a comment. We would love to see that. And finally... If you don't like downloading the podcasts to your device, you have the option of streaming them via Stitcher Radio's website. But they also have applications available on the Apple App Store and Google Play for on the go, streaming off the network, so um, go, go grab it, it's also free. I review uh, these uh, kind of movies, and David Chang's movies, a lot of them are up on my site, so goodreviews.com, and I do select video reviews of my work at SleazyKVideo.com, and my Twitter handle is at SoGoodReviews. You've done a review too since we spoke uh, last night, like one at least.
1: Uh, yeah, my review for Ip Man 3. Oh yeah,
0: you went out to see it even, like... a like, it wasn't even a home video release that just came out at the time of recording, but you went out to, to a local screening of it. It
1: was a special screening, yeah, a uh, Christmas Day screening of It Man 3. It just goes with dedication to Donny. <laughs> you bailed on your family? Listen, I bailed on my family, okay? This is... They're loving, they accepted, you know, they accepted the kind of the fandom that we have, and, and they allow me to do that, so... On good grace, I went and saw uh, I saw Donny at the cinema on Christmas Day, yeah. Me and about three other Chinese dudes.
0: With like a plate of turkey uh, with
1: you, like in the cinema, nom, Yeah, nom, nom, took nom. the old turkey sandwiches with me, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, whipped that out at one point. Um, York's puddings, the gravy got a bit messy, you know, trying to eat in the dark and got a bit stained, but other than that. It was, uh, it was great, yeah. So check that review out if you're interested in my thoughts. And uh, they are at
0: vcinemashow.com, though, that archive of reviews, including that review, so we'll link directly to it. So uh, good on you, man, and I heard that you were uh, fairly fond of the movie. It was okay, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, pe- people seem to not expect a whole lot, and it seems to have surprised a few people, maybe a lot of... People were expecting very little considering uh, Tyson and Donnie, like, what a gimmick. But it seems like it's done okay, critically and certainly uh, commercially as well. But anyway, indeed, check that review out. And before we start, we're going to give you a rundown of uh, what's to come here because we have a couple of sections coming up, and here's your summary of what's to come. So check the show post for running times, and uh, this should also turn up in your podcast apps as well. If you want to fast-forward to the review, you should be able to view that. But first of all, we'll kick off the quick review section. With um, Within that, we have, a, first of all, a bio Uh, and um, a little talk of David Chang's movies, i.e. quick takes but first we'll talk Bill Tong who's been a leading man in quite a few uh, four or five at least movies of uh, David's including two of the quick takes Uh, and uh, we those quick takes are, after we talked of Bill Tong, David's 1989 and 1990 movies My Dear Son and When East Meets West and we then conclude with our review of Will of Iron so the running times for that content is up there so Let's get started. Bill Tung, my friend. Uncle Bill. a Veteran and supporting actor and horse racing commentator. Mm. You know, you see, there's another profile here in Hong Kong cinema that wasn't content with just doing one thing. Or very smart to have a backup plan or maybe treat acting as a backup plan. There, you, you have to be um, sort of... Um, smart in that regard in, in this time in Hong Kong in my 80s and 90s mainly uh, but uh, he, fa- he favoured therefore a passion for movies and the sport and De uh, Tung was born in 1933 and started riding at a young age uh, leading to becoming a horse jockey after graduating from the Hong Kong Jockey Club He didn't have a long career, but he competed internationally in Asia and even United Kingdom and uh, even went further and further and educated himself to be a horse trainer and the family also owns or owned a stable. In the late 60s, he was recruited by then they were called Rediffusion Television, which is now Asia Television, to do commentary for their horse racing broadcasts uh, and he was shaping this very upfront and honest persona in the process that still got him respect and ultimately he was known in these circles as Uncle Bu, which is something you can hear in movies as well. They call him Uncle Bu. Uh, the TV station eventually lost the broadcasting rights, but Tong continued in the same capacity for the Hong Kong Jockey Club on RTHK, which made him, you know, a favorite, and the audience numbers uh, really took off compared to before. So he had momentum as a horse racing commentator. And as for the movie career. It suitably had a credit at the beginning, <laughs> you know. Called horses. His first movie was called horses. It's in
1: the title. It's in the title. Yeah. It's
0: <laughs> certainly not about. It's not heroic bloodshed or anything, you know.
1: <laughs> that would be cool though. That would that would be cool though.
0: And he also wrote that movie, so there you go. There was a late Latin movie. I forget the name of it now. It wasn't very memorable. Um. He had, he had a supporting role as a as a, you know, a horse expert, right? And it, it was about, like, jockey clubs and, you know, competing stables and them doing, you know, sabotaging, you know, uh, sabotaging all of that. So, and Bill mm. Tung was brought in as this uh, expert in, in a supporting role. Not a very memorable movie, but the, certainly not what you expect out of... Uh, you know, Hong Kong cinema at all to do a horse racing movie. So, um, Interesting, yeah. so yeah, it was like a 1993 movie. I, I just remember the director usually did category three movies, and I think Robin Shu might have been. In it, but regardless, I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna not gonna look it up. I don't. I simply don't recommend it. So, so don't. Because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it actually contained a very horrible sort of two real scene of because the plot is about like possibly if a horse was poisoned, so they do this sort of like uh, they put a tube up its nose to sort of lead out oh, like po- uh, poison, and they do it sort of for real. So it's uh, it seemed a little bit too. Uh, he, the horse seemed uncomfortable. So that's uh, that's uh, that's the point there. You know. Viva Hong Kong cinema for making it real, yo. (laughs) So, yes, horses uh, about Hong Kong jockeys, uh, surprisingly enough. And there's been a movie or two, as I said, where he's been an expert uh, in the matter, uh, you know, a trainer. But the worldwide audiences mostly remember him from supporting appearances in action classics and a fair amount of lead roles as well, including as the recurring superior to Jackie Chan in the police story series. And the fourth entry in 1996, First Strike, was actually Tung's last film credit. And he's done multiple movies with Lydia Shum. Um, they paired up in, among other things, the It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World series, so... And in the second movie, his uh, character tries to be a horse racing commentator. He tries to get that job, but he fails. So I suppose that was a fun in-joke for all involved. And uh, he was also a lead in Ronnie Hughes' horror comedy, Blessed This House. Uh, they, I, I emphasize horror actually because yes, it has some goofy shit, but they, they, they emphasize some actually, they, they try to be very freaky and creepy and scary. And they did a pretty decent job at that. So Bless This House isn't, uh, Horror comedy akin to Mr. Vampire horror, but uh, a bit more. Um, quite a fine attempt at uh, at scaring us. So, and uh, Bill Tong at uh, in the lead was uh, all uh, all good and depend and dependable. And uh, as for working with David Chang, he did five movies for him. Uh, so uh, we we have covered some. And we'll cover an additional two. But post movie career, Bill Tong kept his. Uh, feet in the line of work and the business he loved with the horse racing scene and in 1997 hong kong television had lost broadcasting rights to horse racing but tong went to the macau jockey club as a horse trainer and commentator so he continued continued and clearly was doing the things that he loved and the horses of his stable at that time racked up 64 race wins at the time so he did good and left the macau he concluded his macau period in 2000. Uh, he later returned to Hong Kong, therefore, for further horse racing commentating for the 03-04 season. But uh, due to heart disease in 2005, Bill retired from the media industry, including that one, and was hospitalized in 2006. And uh, It all unfortunately led to organ failure and uh, Bill Tong passed away in February 2006 at the age of 73. And one of the pallbearers at his funeral was good friend from the screen and off screen, Jackie Chan. So uh, yeah, lived a long and long life and prolific, uh, yeah, 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 very prolific. I mean, we're not all blessed to really do what we love, you know, be good at it, but also you know have a passion for it at the same time. And he it seems seems to, and not a bad actor too. I mean, he never really like okay, I'm gonna stretch myself dramatically and get all the awards in the world, but. He did, you know, dependable is uh, not a bad grade to uh, to have on, uh, on an actor. And uh, whenever he dipped his uh, feet into drama, I think he did okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he probably did his best work with David Chang. I think as we move through his filmography, I think it becomes more evident that they obviously had a good working relationship together. And he gave Bill a lot of kind of good room to, you know, manoeuvre, good room to kind of stretch his acting chops.
0: Um, I'm sure. Therefore, you're like likely. Your one of your first encounters with him on screen must have been through one of the police story films, and
1: it's just got to be one of you know one of the kind of his, his supporting roles with Jackie, uh, in one of them. But yeah, as you said, always a, always a great presence. Possibly, pos, yeah, probably Rumble, probably Rumble, yeah, because he was also in Rumble. He's always a great presence with Jackie, and always kind of brought that kind of warmth to uh, to the roles uh, that he was in. So. Got like
0: he got like an affectionate smile and sort of attitude about yeah. him. He, he didn't come in there and be all broody and stuff. No, B- B- Bill Tong was uh, this little injection of energy into a movie sometimes you know
1: yeah he always brought that kind of warm warm kind of you know that warm kind of feeling to uh, a warm presence to all the films that he was in and I you know as you say he didn't really ever go he didn't really kind of stretch it into he was never a villain or as far as i know he was always kind of the warm uncle the warm uncle that you know you see at christmas and uh you know slips you a tenner he's that, he's that <laughs> kind of uncle
0: yeah, you, 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 you got the role defined, all right. <laughs> yeah, bang on there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's move over to the quick takes, and uh, let me first hear your take. I'm not going to interrupt the, as such, because the quick takes are sort of like, like we do them in turns and then move, move on. No, so it, it's not a regular discussion. So you're going to have the floor, and first of all, talk of 1989's My Dear Son. So how was it, buddy?
1: It was okay, man. It was okay. Um, it, it starts out as a warm... Quiet, kind of, kind of cute drama. And, and in true Hong Kong fashion takes a sharp turn, uh, mood wise towards the back end. And I think as it got a bit more meaner and melodramatic, I didn't really dig it as much. I, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, the, the note, as I, as I mentioned, I think the further, this was the film that made me realize, I can, I think the further we work through Chang's filmography, I think the more obvious it became that he obviously loved working with Bill Tong and, um, continually gives him time to shine as a performer throughout his work. And especially here.
0: Where he plays this uh, street artist performing uh, rude songs on the street uh, in order to make a living.
1: I think as it because it, I think first off it's really it's really interesting kind of uh, the the relationship between him and him and Jackie Chung's character uh, Maggie Chung's character as well kind of plays a bit a bit of a different role for her as well. And I really love the kind of dynamic between them and he's trying to support him and it was it was cute but it was dramatic and it was fun. And then I think as it. Gets to more towards. It, it, there was a mood shift, and I think it it happens in a few of these films, and I think um in a few of Dave's films, and uh, I think I enjoyed it less because I was enjoying more the kind of slow, you know, drama with with Bill really shine. I think when he got to the action, I was a bit like, hmm, you know, action action is always welcome, but I think with these, it was it was just unnecessary.
0: You you can probably see that David Chang's movies are aiming for. A more rooted realistic feel in a way i mean some themes pop up and maybe you know you know double fatness isn't necessarily a rooted one but you know mr handsome you know it's about people real peoples some comedy but here it's more rooted and a little bit more gloomy you know the action isn't this uh two-gun action breakout that comes out of nowhere it's more uh, you know violence if anything right
1: I think he focuses well on, I mean, the traits are kind of he does family dramas very well and and the kind of the relationships between family members and husband and wife and father and son. I think that kind of working class approach to his directing kind of through the 80s, especially the 80s and and this kind of period we're in now uh, is what he does really well. But uh, he always seems to kind of spice it up with something else. And I think sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Here, I think it works against the drama a bit, but it's still a fun film.
0: Uh, but but yeah, I, I sort of agree. I, it's um, you know it's nice to see a Bill Tung switch because it mostly seems he would be focusing on comedies mostly because no one really ever gave him material. So I, I, that's probably why the relationship indeed was five movies strong that uh, Bill Tung felt uh, you know comfortable and all of that. Not that he wasn't respected by other filmmakers, but uh, they si- simply didn't cast him for for drama. Compared to the lighter stuff, but uh, here, you know, Biltohn knows warmth, and even though this is a violent drama and melodrama, eventually it isn't very lazy. Although it's not very affecting either, you know, but it is quite focused. It's solid on, so solid as made it. Uh, the focus is to make it affecting and not like stray into stupid moods that reeks of someone who doesn't know what he's doing, and uh, there's further signs of uh, David Chang letting actors, young and old, be in natural, realistic cinematic environments to just sort of make them portray people, so Maggie Chang doesn't enter in a movie star way or anything,
1: it's just, uh, you know, roles average kind of normal, you know, role for kind of everyday person. She's not this kind of superhuman that's Exactly. in yeah. this presence, you know, it's just very different. It's good.
0: And uh Jackie Chung, the son, you know, he he's not going down dad's routes or anything, so he gets a job at an office. But he's basically a you know, it's the standard template of being ashamed of his roots. But it's real played in a real way. And uh, that that's also a a good theme to to portray and, and and also that there's nothing to be ashamed of doing honest living which is what dad's uh, dad's saying and he's right he's not overbearing but he's very honest and real with his son so uh and uh, you know jackie chung is thrust into corporate culture and drinking and socializing and uh, it continues to be focused on story and see where that where that ends up whether it is violent or not because the movie isn't very evident of that it's going to be an action ending or anything. I like little touches like uh, the dad turning up to pay for the restaurant bill when Jackie Chan can't afford it when he's out with his uh, mates after work uh, or or the, or the office uh, colleagues. So, uh, you know, he's not overstating his drama. It's not like dad arrives in slow motion to violins and comes to save the day. You know, it's not
1: overtly melodramatic. It's it's quite quiet and just it lets the let the actors just kind of do their thing rather than kind of pumping the music or the camera work. It just slow, let them do their kind of thing. So, it's I enjoyed it for that.
0: And a family connection in the movie as well. Paul Chun turns up. is uh, suitable for the rich prick character.
1: Paul Chun (laughs) plays a piece of shit? What? (laughs) No, I will not hear that.
0: It gets melodramatic and loud, but it it feels also real in scenes where, like, Jackie Chung throws money at his father, like,
1: play something,
0: sing something for me then, like, in frustration, you know, sing the dirtiest song, you know. And, uh, yeah, so the only thing I didn't like is probably what you were alluding to, that when the sun is takes these steps into violence instead that focus to quick that quick switch to like uh, being essentially a triad and open to violence had yeah, like yeah. that logical extension of his anger i didn't buy because it sort of just takes place in a scene and now he's up for violence uh, that could have been done better because i know where he was going with that uh, like i don't care attitude uh, you know that uh, irrational attitude but it really was like boom we're doing this now
1: yeah, because obviously Lao Chin Wan kind of shows up in a, in an early role and it's his kind of influence on, on, on the character Jackie, but he's not kind of really around. He's around here and there, but it seems a bit strange when Jackie was full triad uh, with him. Uh, it, it seems a bit unorganic. I think that's why I had more... You know, trouble buying the kind of action finale it did seem a bit tacked on, but
0: yeah, but yeah, you know, as an action finale, it's pretty damn good. It's, actually.
1: It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think, yeah, the action's always welcome. I just think it felt a bit unorganic to what had gone before, but
0: to- totally. I mean, I mean, the sacrifices that take place during the ending—non-spoiler—they they're okay, but the movie has sort of lost its footing a little bit. But mm. like, this rooted feeling in a cinema is something I, and what I mean by that is favoring a bit more realistic. And not like this fireworks of cinematic display going on you know, it's just you know trying to shoot people, and so and that choice is always uh, something I like in Hong Kong cinema when it feels very Hong Kong and very you know street level, if you will, not gangster street level
1: kind of family, kind of working class, kind of you know the kind of uh, the, the the behind the scenes of that. Yeah, I, I love to see as well. Yeah.
0: Right on. Well, we move on to when East meets West from 1990. A re, so redo uh, or re-emergence of the emigration theme, as evident in Mr. Handsome as well. But this is not that same, uh, you know, he has two wives thing. You know, it's uh, a little bit more different. And uh, so I'll, 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 I've set you up with that. What did you think of When East Meets West?
1: When East Meets West, I, I probably liked it more than I should have because i think i think it's not a particularly good film but i think i enjoyed it because of its uniqueness for kind of putting the characters that that means its uniqueness that being a hong kong cast and crew in canada you know for granted but not offering a whole lot of anything except some kind of beautiful scenery and some fun moments here and there um You know, I think it was kind of a fairly bizarre travel log, (laughs) you know, but I think saying all that, um, I still enjoyed it for being different. And it was, it was very much comfort food for me, if nothing else. I just really liked the kind of, I don't know what it was. I really liked just that kind of that thing, that kind of 90s you know canada was it was different it just felt really fresh kind of to put the characters there but i think there's waste a lot of time on just pissing around but it, in in a good way like in a good way i don't think the, the story is obviously as strong as as you know the previous few films but um yeah
0: he's he certainly trying because again it's not this uh, lame excuse of just uh, putting some stick on screen like there, there there is some thought here i mean the way he opens the movie with people talking about immigration to the camera and it's certainly mm. not a surprise that filmmakers would go there because we were seven years away from 1997 at this point, this uh, looming sort of like, what's gonna happen when 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 China is uh, you know uh, when Great Britain leaves uh, Hong Kong to China, so to say, you know it's less a lesser film, but I I enjoy it, yeah, I basically enjoy it. Uh, it's I, I like that David Chang is not picking like common commercial subjects, but he likes making movies about people, whether abroad or not, as we see now. And you know our leading man is the, you know again, Bill tone, warm, not too goofy leading man, fairly uh, nice. He's a bit, a little bit overbearing because he wants his son to like, no, make the babies now, make the family. <laughs> but yeah. he he isn't a stern. Father, you know that's that's uh, you know it's gonna beat him if he if he doesn't because that's uh, so, so it's a it's a nice little pleasant but no like 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 there are some misunderstanding type of comedic pieces and they don't hit as much as he probably wants but it's sort of all pleasant and low key mild misunderstood yeah. type, of com- misunderstanding type of comedy misunderstandings yeah. type of comedy. At one point, I think he, uh, he talks about like takeaway, the takeaway, the notion of takeaway delivery, and he mistakes all of that for prostitution, or some crap yeah. like that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so it, but but the first part I think is a little bit mundane, a little bit uh, lifeless, and unfortunately, the, the banter between Bill Tong and actress Wong Wan I thought was it didn't like it was weaker than I than, than intended.
1: Yeah, it got there eventually for me. I think initially it was a bit. I mean, the cooking made me starving. Like absolutely, I was like literally starving. I was like, "Bill, cook that for me now." Um, <laughs> 4D TV, <but laughs> 4D TV. I honestly smell it, uh, but yeah. But then I think it eventually got there towards the back end because I was just saying initially I was like, "Oh, this kind of sucks," but then it it got better towards the back end. Visual, sure. yeah,
0: especially when he gets to focus a little bit on the leading lady, uh, Msutman or pro possibly. He shoots her very well. I thought she's a very sweet, uh, sweet uh, you know presence, a good looking actress, and. Uh, Very much agree, because since they go abroad, it's not like they shoot Exteriors Canada and then shoot it all in Hong Kong. I think they were there for a good portion of the movie, Mm. whether Vancouver or not. I don't remember if it was set in Vancouver or Toronto, but um, uh, Vancouver seems to be a place where Hong Kong people end up. uh, Mm. But that that going abroad vibe, uh, it's always interesting by default. I I give the movie a greater chance than certain movies that you know uh, let me do a completely irrelevant example when 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 you watch a kung fu comedy and see the leading man sort of skip and hop in the first few frames of the of the film in the kung fu comedy i don't give that movie a great chance immediately doesn't uh, yeah. no Same old. <laughs> but when they go abroad a bit, okay let's see where this goes when they go to new york and shoot like gangster action so, uh, and stuff like that, that that's yeah, all cool yeah. that's all cool even if the movie's aren't great or anything, it's still, uh, still cool and uh, that is comfort for <laughs> in a way yeah
1: I think obviously you know uh Kurt Wong's taking Manhattan which you spoke about I think maybe for that we felt a bit more kind of biased towards it probably enjoyed it a bit more because again it has that fresh take on it kind of it's it's like Hong Kong cinema going on its holidays,
0: and not everybody can be Autumn's Tale, or you know, so uh, you know no, when, when they no, went no. to New York, but uh, but there, there are some you know broken English humor, of course. I think Bill Tong is trying to explain about explain gutting a fish or something, and he says like you, me, fuck, fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: let go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, it's it's all it's it's okay. It doesn't further David Chang's voice greatly, but I like that this was this is my concept. This is what I want to do, rather than like give me like movie studios give something, I'll do anything.
1: Yeah, it was a good break for him, I suppose. A good break to kind of get out of his comfort zone and still kind of retaining the same heart that he has in his previous films, but kind of doing it a bit differently.
0: So yeah, quick takes over. Let's move on to the main review that I merely picked because I'd not seen Will of Iron before, so I thought, uh, like, a fresh take on a movie, for once. I knew of it, but never picked up the DVD. At some point, there was a DVD that went out of print, and a new company picked up the DVD, and uh, that's where we are now, but we'll get to that. Wheel of Iron from 1991 and the plot, put together via different reviews from Hong Kong Movie Database, and they're a bit snarky in tone, But uh, so, <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> uh, the four friends, Maggie, Jackie, Michael, and Carol, played by Maggie Chung, Jackie Chung, Michael Wong, and Crystal Kwok.
1: Oh, she laid down. She let it down by not being called Crystal. Ka- Carol. No,
0: not Carol Kwok, not Crystal in the movie, no.
1: Nope. Dude, that's driving my OCD crazy. Only three or four of them. No, <laughs> exactly. no, 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 no. no.
0: At any rate, they're shown in home videos at the beginning of the movie, um, you know, from years before, you know, acting happily and, um, you know, loving towards each other and smoking pot for the first time, and there's uh, (laughs) all of that. They don't do that a lot in Hong Kong movies, man. You see, like, the the drug addiction, but smoking uh, weed, like, casually, you never really see that. I remember seeing Rape by an Angel and being like, whoa, are they smoking pot? Like, being shocked almost. Like, this is new.
1: The weed I disagree with. Never mind the raping.
0: (laughs) But it is a little bit of an odd side, because it's not their, their bread and butter. They didn't have a Hong Kong cheating and Chong or something like that, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, we And we also see a still of their wedding between Jackie and uh, Crystal Cox character coming on as the last of the credits disappear. And each of the, as the Snarker review says, each of the main characters might as well be wearing a sign. Jackie is the talented comic artist, but weak drug addict. Crystal is his loving but enabling wife, Michael, the conflicting drug dealer with a heart of gold. And Maggie Returning from Canada for a visit Is the pure as the driv- Is the pure as the driven snow Heroine, that's what it says All while the mob is banging on Jackie's Door to settle a debt, led by Sam, played by Kwok Yuwa. And as for my short opinion It's okay Okay. Um, Weaknesses, yeah, but it's okay. There's some solid handling of some pretty unremarkable material. It's not very original, but David Chang keeps it rooted for for a fair amount of sections in the movie. It it sticks to its story and therefore mood. It doesn't stray. But the violent impact of the beginning, when they start beating up Jackie Chung, it doesn't go to harrowing levels by the end, which is where I logically... Was expecting it too for this story to yeah. be hard hitting, very competent competent action end, and a darker minded David Chang is uh, something I like to see, you know the return of uh, even though we talked to my dear son, but he did when East meets West, then you think of his like double fatness, Mr. Hanson, cuckoo, and uh, you know one two three o'clock four o'clock rock all of that. So, <laughs> um, but, so it, it, it's okay, not particularly strong, but okay. Okay, but
1: yeah you described it as what the, the drug addict 91 i think is a yeah is a, but he, yeah sim- his
0: first movie was called the drug yeah. addict so this is like drug addicts 1991
1: drug addict the return damn side better though Ah, uh, yes yes because that I, was I a
0: fairly weak movie actually. that was a fairly
1: weak movie yeah i think for me it didn't quite quite click with me uh, and I think it's because it falls into the extremely it falls into extremely melodramatic trappings, which is not something David normally does. You know, I found the dramatic dramatic quality in his film so far to shy away from getting too overblown. He normally keeps things in check and it and it pays off for him by going for a more natural touch and more quiet emotional ride in most of his work. Here it just descends into overblown laziness without the performances or narrative build-up to really sell the story. And it's not to say that I dislike any of the actors, but I just don't think they're given material to sell it. I mean, some of the dialogue is just a bit... It just just doesn't work. I think some of the kind of... What what do you
0: mean? The dialogue, like, God, look. It's all all right, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, just a bit Hong Kong subtitle. (laughs) It just falls into kind of, yeah, just like overblownness, and I think it just keeps going and going and going until the finale when I just, oh, I just don't give a shit Still, at the back end. I'm just like, I don't care about this at all now. Please, please all die. Like
0: half a movie is uh, more rooted and effective, and then it sort of spirals, uh, spirals a little bit out of control for, for me. Um, when I watch the ending, it's sort of like good action, like well-handled action, but it's not... Um, as hard-hitting as uh, he definitely wants uh, wants to. But, uh, you know, he means something, in, you know, with, like, the opening, you know, the home video opening of Good Times and Pot and The Progress. You know, it, good it, it, Times it, and
1: Pot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but it's not like the regular just uh, white-black credits, here we go. And uh,
1: Music's pretty good as well, that little kind yeah, of...
0: Yeah, and I never heard it throughout the movie. Like, Lowell Low did the score, and I really like that minimalist, yeah. haunting score, but it sort of just gets buried.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think they play once towards the back end, but not a lot. they play over the end credits as well, I think? Possibly, yeah. Or maybe once right. once, but yeah, it's 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 really good, yeah.
0: But he is thinking, David, I think as a in terms of visuals, like h- how to open this effectively uh, without just re- resorting to the regular, just hand it over to the credits people, put a black thing white white credits on there, and then go so and, and there's you know the old age old uh, template about friends being closed then apart they they set off on different paths, some destructive, so it's intriguing enough I, I give it all a chance, of course, and uh, these actors uh, you know can bring it and the the there are you know, scenes like Jackie Chung, his first scene, you know, dipping his face in ice water, which is something, you know, there's something there. Because you don't do that on the regular, you know, just to wake up. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, not, not do that every day, no.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, and he's the artist, it's not the Tormented Triad. So it's not the yeah. most expected characterization. But the, I, I wouldn't say this is the most, like, honed depiction of uh, drug addiction although it gets pretty grimy compared to the sort of shaw brothers clean- cleanliness of the drug addicts uh, which was mm. uh just sort of overblown uh, for me and uh, you know all of those like thrashing about in slow motion <laughs> scenes in the drug addicts you know when he's in the shed yeah, and crap like that shit. so so at least david chang i God. think He's making it a bit, a bit dirty here, at least, uh, with uh, Jackie Chung's, uh, you know, desperation to do coke.
1: Yeah, it feels like a different decade. Uh, I think a different level of kind of stuff maybe that was accepted in cinema at the time. You know, it feels like he kind of pushed the boundaries a bit more. I don't think we would have got, you know, T-Lung, you know, t- like, you know, sniffing some coke in, in you know, in the, uh, in the drug addicts or kind of doing stuff like that. I think it was more kind of PG, you know, it was more kind of... Yeah. A bit more restraint with that. With this one, you do see like he can push the boundaries a bit. I think a lot of it just feels like a kind of approximation of like a like a schoolboy's kind of take on it. Like, oh, it's so naughty. Oh, smoking weed, doing coke. It doesn't feels like. Stuff <laughs> from Jay and Silent Bob? Like smoking yeah. weed, doing Sucking coke. <laughs> yeah, it like, yeah, yeah. It just feels like it's it's. I don't know. It's it's kind of like it's oh it's it's kind of to be there to be a bit. Um, it doesn't feel real. It just feels too like melodramatic and too kind of you know, overblown for what's going on. Mm -hmm. I I think, I don't know I, I think well my music point I was about to say was Jackie Snorts Coke off uh, Love For What It Is uh, record by Anita Pointer from the Peters. Oh, so he
0: was that visible because yeah, I didn't yeah. like uh, the printers or markers I didn't even see it. well did they show the cover I guess is that where you got it from what no you no
1: he's off, off the label like I was, I was reading the label I was quite intrigued to what it was I was wondering what he liked to you know get down to did zoom it was,
0: in like, and like make it clearer like, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I use you know I use technology technology can uh, but yeah Jackie obviously likes a little soulful while he gets off his tits on coke <laughs> yeah.
0: or not as the case may be otherwise he wouldn't <laughs> snort the coke off the effing vinyl
1: of a record
0: o- of the actual vinyl record not just the cover but
1: he just loves the smell of vinyl he wants to kind of do he would kill two birds at one stone That's what it is. yeah so that
0: was like, a new yeah. thing i've never seen that in movies it's usually obviously mirrors so and off tables and the crap like that but um but yeah but you know the dirty and grimy stuff i think i i take The reason I wrote that is where I think it's, you know, mildly effective at points, the drug addiction depiction is that, you know, Jackie Chan says, I'm going to quit doing this. And he makes up with his girlfriend. They have sex. And then he goes into the bathroom and like scrapes off the like leftover Coke from the, you know, the bathtub and and sits there. And I I thought that was like good to portray that in a non like squeaky clean way, at least, you know.
1: Yeah, it's completely opposite a kind of drug addict in that it sees it kind of in a bit more kind of, yeah, real way, a bit more kind of a grimy way, but still a bit too melodramatic, but...
0: Bullet in the head, it's not in terms of a drug addiction, there, of because, course. Uh, yeah, because of he course. went down those routes as a character, too, but uh, there, there were some other reasons, not just because he was weak. Mm, mm. And also, that like, the actor Kwok Yawa, Sam, could be a nice and fun and big villain, you know, there's a... <laughs> the, you know, his man beat up uh, Jackie Jung, and uh, he also smuggles uh, coke in uh, condoms, you know, and uh, makes uh, people swallow them. And at one point, uh, you know, uh, the condom breaks uh, within one such character so they dump him cut the coke out and sets him on fire
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> so drastic
0: <laughs> and i love like okay i got we got a fun villain brewing in here like go on <laughs> he's, good,
1: he's good he's good he's probably the best part of the film for me because he's just he's o- over the top and just uh, you know crazy i think you know as they always say like it's always how good your villain is with you know how good you kind of hero stories or your hero's fight so i think he definitely he definitely amps it up a lot
0: <laughs> i wonder i lot lying. line well at least he died high <laughs> 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 like lucky bastard uh,
1: lucky bastard yeah he's dead but he was lucky yeah yeah
0: so that, that actually is more it's it's appalling <laughs> yes but it's a fun part of the movie uh, also because uh, i like a big villain that just makes no excuses for what he who, who he yeah, is yes. you know uh so so yeah but uh, I, I agree it is melodrama it's not very affecting, but at least the first half for me has some sufficient promise, but it doesn't fulfill that promise and it becomes uh, you know, it peters out definitely by the end and all of that. So, uh, but it, uh, you know, you, you compare it to Shaw Brothers, indeed, and it's less calculated. Less preachy, maybe. Although I read reviews, I think this is preachy, and that's probably correct. But it feels more grim and real, uh, at at the very least. So, uh, and he he is solid at his job, David Chang. Is now, ne- you know, he might not be an exciting director to watch. You know, there's no bullet cam shit and you know POV stuff and you know. But he is a solid. Uh, you know, he's solid at his job. He's telling the story well up until a point and develops it. He sets up his characters so. He, he. I don't think he's got a lazy bone in him. Uh, watching no, these movies, he no, just no. not, he never, he, he never he,
1: coasts. He never coasts. It's just sometimes putting it all together. I don't think he. He struggles with it, but I think as I said before he always feels the need to kind of spice it up with something. I think sometimes it, it's just it's unnecessary. I think it would be better for him just to maybe just stick kind of tonally mm-hmm. to what he was doing. But again, that's it's Hong Kong cinema at the time. I think it was maybe he didn't feel forced, but maybe because that's kind of what was uh, you know common at the time was to kind of mix it up, mix your genres, kind of get a bit of action in there with your drama, you know, with your comedy, etc. Maybe that's why. So he's, he's definitely a part of that. But I think yeah, sometimes it was just he does so well with the, with the drama. Uh, And a really dab hand at doing that, that I think sometimes it would be better to if you just kind of stuck with that at times.
0: Yeah, there are some like, you know, crying outbursts and piano on the soundtrack, but you know, as unaffecting as that is. Indeed, some of that is to be expected for the audience. Uh, but but I, I still don't think it's affecting just because, okay, let me put myself in the mind of the audience. Oh my god, I'm crying now. It, it is it's really empty. It's running on empty when it bursts out. But so, some... I think the best dramatic beat is earlier in the movie, but it's what stuck with me because it's so, you know, drug addiction sort of heartbreaking is when he lies about what the person he meets about his uh, comic art says to him. In reality, he says that this is outdated. He goes to his girlfriend and says, oh, you really liked it, you really liked it. And she sees through that lie. Because drug addict transparency is what it is, you know. They're they're Mm. not world-class liars, if you believe movies, anyway. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't have any uh, experience myself, so I'm not gonna gonna say uh, what it can be like.
1: Well, I didn't really want to talk about my heroin days, Ken, but I will if you want to. right, let's record this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's uh, you know, early on in the movie, that spells promise but it doesn't really go through with it as such there is a template here but it, it just doesn't connect in a via later violence uh, to be this oh my god kind of time you know
1: yeah i don't, i mean i don't know what you know if you if you if you're a druggie i don't know what you dream of like when you you know you have visions and stuff but i don't know whether it's like barrels full of cocaine.
0: That was an awesome comedy. I laughed at that scene.
1: I mean, piled to piled to the sky. It, I mean, he sees is... uh,
0: like let's set up the scene. He he is uh, going through this uh, maybe um subway tunnel or whatever, uh, or, or or tunnel under a road, and he sees like a little bag of coke on the ground, and then looks up, and there's like more bags, little bags, and then there's uh, buckets of coke, and he's super happy, and I thought it was so bizarre, you know. <laughs> I get it, but I I laugh, it because it's so, it almost seemed like a Stephen Chow scene, like, uh, I got buckets of coke, not just uh, lots of it on a table. No, I got buckets, in my mind, my drug out mind.
1: It's just, it's just hilarious, yeah, it's, it's like, it goes the complete route, it's like, it's kind of funny, like, daft funny, like, it's, it's kind of black, it's dark, it's kind of like, it's, it's just, hilarious just goes and kind of slaps who has
0: like who has buckets of coke and who who wants it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah someone ready to party and someone ready to party just yeah. dive into that and swim in that stuff <laughs> uh, little flowers it, it's a it's a
0: classic little image from the movie but um it it's funny but it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be like he's so far gone but uh yeah. but no I think it's, it's
1: dark I think crystal Quark starts getting like beaten up and it's just like oh man like this it's when this went bad <laughs> this this hilarious this hilarious scene went bad
0: and and yeah what i was looking for was this i i, I like the dark effect of you know the triads being after him in the beginning i was and i was looking for a heightened dark effect because i know hong kong cinema can do that and also do action that fits all of that but it sort of resides on the level we started at once we reach the ending and the ending is completed which is Sort of like, yeah, the violence is solid, but I'm not too into the characters, and it doesn't really mean yeah. anything to me. And I, I was hoping that it would at least be a bit more grim than it was. Uh.
1: I agree, I agree. I think it, um, it, it, the action was back in. It, it's welcome, but it, it feels it feels a bit redundant. I think more than than any of his previous I think this feels it feels a lot more redundant. It just. I don't know. I I don't know whether it feels because the thing is, it it kind of starts. You get into the action, and it kind of keeps building and building and building. I just thought it's just it's just too much. I mean, if if you talk about it, I mean, you know, Carol's pregnant. Jackie's got a belly full of cocaine. Yeah, it's just and it's just too much heaps on, and it wears you out, and it makes you you makes you numb. So when there's quite a dramatic fate for one of the main characters near the end. It, it fails to have a big impact because yeah. there's not even... You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. there's just so much built up, built up, so...
0: And they're all sufficient in their roles. They all look good. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, say what you want about Michael Wong. Yeah, he, he looks good. You know, He, he does, yeah. it was always that very handsome presence too and um, no sax in this one no, no sax in about. this one which was a damn damn shame no, yeah, really no. and uh, it, it is a post-dub movie so they don't do any english for him so he, he speaks uh, speaks cantonese so uh, throughout the movie part of the action is very good like Ma- michael uh, gets to engage in most of the fisticuffs uh, you know versus kwok uh, kiwa versus mark houghton and uh, some of his IFD cohorts, I recognize some of the guys who are who were in Kickboxer from Hell with Mark Houghton, which is an IFD cut-and-paste movies. So I recognize one of the other guys uh, in there, so they, they were about getting jobs left and right in real movies and in the IFD stuff. You know what, some of the action, especially possibly involving Crystal Quark, uh, I say possibly, so um, uh, it feels a bit staged rather than gritty and impactful, and what that says to me mm. is that it, d- d- despite there being a lot of it, some of it reeks of them having little time to get it right.
1: A bit rushed, yeah.
0: But there are some nice falls on several things on the way down to the ground stunts, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, ja- the yeah. Jackie Chan way. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, the only way.
0: <laughs> and uh, and you know, and heads, uh, you know, bricks being smashed onto heads and stuff like that. So there is impactful stuff technically and all of that. But uh, but no, by the end it's, um, it's it's a bit of a
1: parenthesis, uh, you know, as a movie. Uh, but. Um, it's heaped on, it's, it's definitely heaped on. And there's not even a resolution for the other main characters, it just ends. Yeah, it sort of ends, yeah, we're done now. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is, again, yeah, it just kind of adds, it just adds some kind of insult to injury. It's just like, oh, you know, well, at least I want to know whether, you know, Jackie made it or, you know, whether Chris had the baby or not. Or, you know, what happened, did Maggie ever get back to Canada?
0: You know, what happened to the, to the drugs? Did the bag... Did the bag from... Where did he say the bag was from? They were using... a or where rubber condom was from. Were they using, like, American condoms and American plastic?
1: American condoms are better or something like that, yeah. yeah.
0: So no wonder Jackie could take, like, punches and kicks to the stomach without him just going into full-on...
1: Dim bulletproof rubbers that, uh, that they were... <laughs> So there's your PSA, kids. <laughs> yeah, use protection. Especially when they're ingesting cocaine. <laughs>
0: I had no preconceived notion of it, which is good. So it isn't a very known film despite the star power on display here. But, uh, so, so yeah, it's, it, it, it sort of happened and there are some admirable things in here, but the, it, uh, it certainly didn't click like other movies have. You know, even stuff like comedies that weren't. Extraordinary or anything, but I thought there were a lot of things that that clicked more than more than uh, what it does here. But at least you know he's doing something different uh, from movie to movie. It seems not. Uh, he's not rehashing. Is certainly nothing I see. You know before. You know the words that flash over David Chang's ha- head when I think of him is not rehashing, rehashing, rehashing. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. yes, drug. He did a drug movie in 1974 or whatever it was. Yeah, but th- this is not like. And this character is called the same as Dick Long's, Dick Long's character. No, it's not that.
1: It's not a reboot of the... Of a the gritty reboot. <laughs> it's like, it is it is a bit more gritty, yeah. But yeah, it's not a, a reboot of the drug addict, drug addict, no. Will of Iron, though. Well, he didn't really have one, as it turned out.
0: <laughs> Anything else you want to say, buddy?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, did, I, I was looking hard, at you know, obviously at records as well. But I was looking hard at the... I yeah, want <laughs> manga- more
0: vinyl. Coke on vinyl. Coke on vinyl.
1: The more, I was looking at the kind of the uh, the manga stuff that he, that Jackie had um, put up in his. Uh, yeah, I, I spotted Ramna Half, uh, Dragon Ball, Yurusi Yatsura I spotted as well. It was quite good. It's quite fun at the at the uh, at the beginning to have a I'll look at that. Yeah.
0: Are you familiar with that one? Because I know that I only know uh, with uh, Yatsura. Are you familiar with that one? Because I only know it because
1: uh, She worked on it. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did the second film. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, there's that, there's that, and I was also saw the back end. Uh, the metalheads are wankers graffiti <laughs> in the, <laughs> in, the uh, in the kind of the the rundown kind of. I think it's like a house or yeah, yeah, like yeah. thing at the end. Yeah, so that was quite. <laughs>
0: You know what my favorite uh, other graffiti is? It's in a an IFD movie where uh, during their footage, you know, during their Richard Harrison footage, um, it, it's uh, not one of the ninja ones, but uh, uh, Richard Harrison, believe it or not, is chasing a guy. He's, Richard is on roller skates and he's chasing a guy with a baseball bat and, you know, hitting his legs as he passes him. You can see in the background this sort of overpass, uh, the graffiti in the background in 1983 or 1984 says, fuck the commies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they caught a very uh, picturesque uh, setting for, for their little action bit there. metalheads are wankers. <laughs> you don't expect that necessarily in Hong Kong. Yes, British influence and all of that but you, you wonder if someone says, like, does anyone know any like f- foul words? Well, I guess, shh. Like Maggie, did you hear anything while you were packing, like bags in in the UK, like in the grocery shop when when you were an actress? Oh yes, I did. So Maggie probably wrote that right.
1: Maggie, yeah, yeah. Maggie had has a problem with metalheads. Um, <laughs> she she she, yeah, she she prefers goths. Goths, goths are all right in Maggie's books.
0: Right on. <laughs> and uh, as we said, David Chang makes a cameo in the two scenes as yeah, G- say G- today? He did. He does indeed. He settles the debt uh, as uh, Jackie Chung's uh, uncle. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think he had any agenda to sort of like, I gotta be on the screen too. I think it's one of those cases like we got this role, we, we got no one else, right? Okay, I'll do it. So so they don't go on, like, this massive casting call. I mean, uh, Hong Kong cinema, you know, works, you know, in real time almost. Uh, maybe that was written on the day, too. Who knows?
1: I mean, you said it felt a bit kind of rushed towards the back end. It it, it might be one of those things that was kind of an added added thing towards the end. They maybe it had the kind of basic outline and then kind of added to it as they went. Who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed. And even uh, director Lawrence Lau makes a cameo. Lawrence Lau is the director of My Name is Fame, Backed Out, and um, uh, a few of these... Uh, Kids' uh, dramas, oh, you know, uh, social yeah. dramas. But my name is famous. The Lao Chin movie.
1: I didn't spot him in that.
0: Yeah, he um he's the guy that Jackie Chan goes to to uh, with his drawings. And uh, he, oh, he's,
1: he's yeah, he's yeah, the guy that works for the comics. All oh, right, okay, of course,
0: yeah, imagine yeah. Very recognizable guy. Uh, not just because he has shaved head, but he he's, he's looked. Uh, you know he, he has a distinct look about him. That, um, that and he appears in movies every now and again, in bit parts. So he was one of those like, hey, buddy, can you come in for two hours? Sure thing. Yep. Money? Not really. <laughs> A meal? Sure. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Alrighty. And uh, that concludes our review of Will of Iron. And as for availability, the latest DVD by Joy Sales, as part of their legendary collection range, is actually still available. Uh, most of the range is out of print. This seems to be around still, or the stock hasn't depleted yet. Because who knows? They, it might be that rather than them reprinting uh, the. Selected parts of the range. I don't know, but uh, it's still around. And
1: I think I mentioned it before. I think they just released them now without the slipcases Because I think the last batch I ordered were just without the kind of silver silver, silver slip on now. So
0: I don't think they served a l- lot of purpose because really. they, they, <laughs> because you still had the reverse poster art on yeah. the DVD case, and the back was you know a still from the movie. And uh, if I were to lose something, I'd be happy to lose you know, a random still from the movie and ha- still have the dual poster art for the back and the front of the DVD, you know?
1: I think that was really cool for him doing that, yeah.
0: Next time, we conclude the series on David Chiang with his to-date final movie, uh, something callous and murderous, as uh, Fung Bo Bo goes a bit mental and starts killing people in Mother of a Different Kind, a slight. I don't have notes uh, in my actual review notes, but I'll just say this. It has hints at, um, tracking back to Misery, the, the Rob, Rob Reiner movie, but it's not Misery, the Hong Kong version. So. Hong Kong style, uh, no. So that's that, but uh, we'll finish off the Director Series next week uh, for the finale. And uh, this has uh, therefore been the Director Series uh, 18 on uh, David Chang's Will of Iron, and uh, it's on the Podcast on Fire network on podcastonfire.com, along with all the other shows you can pick in the right hand uh, side frame, along with bonus episodes. Email us if you have any feedback or questions, podcastonfire at googlmail.com. Use the buttons at the top of our website to get to our social media such as Facebook, Twitter. You can get to our iTunes feed and subscribe and uh, rate and review us even. And you can get to our Stitcher Radio presence uh, online. But uh, you can also download an application to stream us via Stitcher Radio. Uh, through the Apple App Store or Google Play. And uh, I review uh, Hong Kong movies, Taiwanese movies, ninja movies, Matty movies, and a variety of genres over at SoGoodReviews.com. And my video hub where I post select video reviews of my work is leesykvideo.com. And my Twitter handle is at SoGoodReviews. And Tom got a review archive over at vcinemashow.com. And the latest review, for those who have forgotten, what is that?
1: It is Man 3. Are you
0: keen for, to see an Ip Man 4, or have they done the story now?
1: There's, as far as I know, there could, be, there could be more avenues to take, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Kind of, yeah, I think there's debate about it, because I think it's a nice, it's a nice I don't say too much, but I think it's a nice finale to the, to the series, but yeah, I'd be interested to see more. It depends on where they go with it. Maybe Ip Man, I, Ip Man in the future. <laughs> Hitman in Something space. like that. Hitman in space. <laughs> um, stuff like that.
0: Versus like Jason in space. Like J- Jason X versus Hitman. Like what's Ip Hitman
1: versus Freddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in a way, I'm sure they want to develop a story, but in a way, buddy, they're going to go where the money is. And it seems like Man has a lot of uh, pull commercially still. It was successful. Damn, was it successful? I agree with that, man. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I haven't seen any of them yet, but, uh, you know, they're, they're out there.
1: Better. They're ready, readily available, yes. I'm still,
0: still focusing on, like, uh, the, the Herman Yawip man movies for some yeah, reason. As
1: soon as you jump on those, yeah. Uh,
0: but anyway, we are done for this part of the director series. Tune in next week for the finale, covering David Chang's directing career on Mother of a Different Kind. But in the meantime, I've been kind of being with me once, Tom K.W., so say bye, buddy. buddy and, mm, bye-bye. And uh, sing us out, you know, what's a song from the vinyl? Do you know that offhand found a song from the vinyl, not snorted coke off...
1: It was like, love for what it is, and then some other lyrics, uh, and then there was some music, I think, in the background, there's like a bass, drums,
0: coke for what it is, cocaine of for
1: what it is, in its purest form, coke, enjoy it, safe. Use safety. Use protection. Don't die of fire. It's probably fade out by that point. No. <laughs> don't don't get don't get burnt in a hole. Don't be Jackie chunks snorting coke. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. 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 <laughs>